All right, team, here we are, our final episode uh, of Season 2 of the Women in League show. I uh, cannot believe that it's uh, it's just absolutely absolutely flown by. So much to talk about tonight as we preview uh, the grand final. But before we get carried away, uh, let's celebrate our final little pre-show chat. Uh, and the question I've got for you is a bit of an easy one. It's, who has been the coach of the year? Obviously, it's award season, so there's going to be uh, yeah quite a few handed out over the next little while. But uh, yeah, who who is your coach of the year? Uh, Jordy, going to start with you. Um, I gave Dean a little bit of love last week or the week before, but I'm going Dean Witters. I think he's been able to grow a program and a club, not just like I think he's put it together really well. So the girls obviously have a lot of faith in him and it's pay, paid off in dividends this season. Yeah, that's a good one, Sienna. I'm going to have to go with Ron Griffiths. I think they've come such a long way this season, the Newcastle Knights, that you can't um, put that down to just player talent. There's got to be good coaching behind that as well. Um, so, yeah, he definitely takes it for me. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, just in case there's a few insiders uh, listening to the podcast, which I know they are, obviously got to, got to give a little bit of love to uh, my mate Jamie Soward. Um, you know, probably, you know, it's, it's been an interesting campaign for the Dragons crew, but, um, you know, one of the things I do like about what they're building there is they've been able to keep, you know, the same sort of team together. They are building something for the longer term. And, um, you know, I, I feel like the Dragons, they're going to be there or thereabouts for many, many years to come. But look, I'm with you, Geordie. I've, I've got to go with Dean Witters. Um, you know, one of the things that we can get a little bit caught up in, and I thought I learnt my lesson last season, but I clearly haven't is remembering that this is a tournament, the NRLW. It is a very, very short competition, and teams are only just hitting their hitting their strides towards the back end. And whilst the Parramatta Eels, they left it very, very, very late to have a run, um, you know, I really feel that's off the back of Dean Witters. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've sent a lot of love his way, but a bit of team culture, really bringing those, bringing those girls together and, you know, just to sort of maintain that level of confidence within the group, that that's pretty special. But uh, anyway, there we go. Let's dive into all things Grand Final. Let's kick off the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. All right, guys, well, a little bit of time has passed, but I still think we're all in shock in terms of where we're situated when it comes to the NRLW Grand Final as the Newcastle Knights take on the Parramatta Reels. Uh, you know, I love the vibes of this one. This this takes me back to 2001, the Newcastle Knights versus the Parramatta Reels. Uh, let's start with the Cinderella story of the NRLW competition in the Parramatta Reels. They have done the unlikely and they have made their way to the big dance. Jordy, let, let, let's start with you. What's your thoughts on their, I guess you would say turnaround. I mean, how did, how did Parramatta uh, arrive in the grand final? A couple of players that you'd probably want to, want to, uh, I guess, pick out. Yeah, they definitely are. I think we touched on it earlier in this year that um, Kennedy Charrington probably had a quieter start to the year. Um, but my God, she's thrown a hand up for selection for World Cup and she's played consistently so well and she's led that para group. Um, she's been incredible and I thought she was yet again today. She really just sets a tone and gets the girls around her 
thriving and wanting to be there. And the other girl who can't give enough love to in the world is Ash Quinlan. I actually think I picked her for rookie of the year at beginning, beginning of the year. Um, Ash is incredible. She's a young mom. She's kind of flown under the radar. She went up to Queensland to play for Burley Bears and kind of covered Z's spot while she was out at the beginning of the year. Um, I think she's been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And Sienna, I, I can't help but think about, you know, uh, I guess these teams from like a team building perspective. And one of the things that we spoke about with Parramatta is they blew up their spine, you know. Um, so whilst a lot of other teams, they had the same one, six, seven, and nine, um, and the majority of their football team, you know, look at the Dragons and teams like that. So there's so much continuity. There's so many combinations, friendships, mateship. Uh, and then, you know, Parramatta blow it up. They change it all. And, you know, I, I guess we, we shouldn't be that surprised that it took them a little bit of time, but those players coming in, to Geordie's point, um, yeah, obvi- obviously very, very high-class players. Yeah, I mean, we can't ignore that Para completely changed their whole spine, but it seems to have worked for them in this back end here. Gail Broughton, obviously she's really fresh to rugby league, but still she's an insane talent in the sevens arena. So um, she's brought those skills over and, boy, she had a cracker um, in that semifinal. And as well, Brooke Anderson, she dropped out of the squad for a few weeks, but she can tackle and she gets them moving forward. She's such a great addition to that para team um, and she'll be one we'll be looking out for. All right, guys. Well, let's run our way through the Parramatta Reels team. Um, as we as we mentioned, gave a little bit of love to Gail Broughton. I, I feel like, you know, Gail's very much an effort player who, you know, just thrives on chaos in and around the ruck. So if her team's on the back foot, I think she does at times struggle to sort of find her way into the game. But you know, if, if her middles are rolling and Parramatta run the front foot, she's absolutely dangerous. She's electric. And she just has that natural way to be in and around. She, she's in the right place at the right time, always sniffing around the football. And I think that's a really, really good talent to have. Um, looking at the Parramatta Reels back line, um, you know, obviously we've got some big names there with our, uh, Rakia Horn, uh, Abby Church, as well as a couple of younger wingers there who are certainly making a name for themselves. Geordie, I'll hand it over to you to give a little bit of love to their outside backs because, you know, look, one of the things Parramatta have had to do is they've had to find po- points over the last few weeks. They've been able to do it and they're going to have to do it again against Newcastle. Yeah, you touched on it. Abby Church, I think she had huge shoes to fill coming in, taking um, Tiana's cover for her injury. Um, and my God, you could tell she was in a bit of pain early in the game, but she stood up and she she really made that game her own. She outclassed her opposite centre, and that's not an easy job to do when she's got Jess Surges and Izzy Kelly on the opposite. So um, I just think these young girls and the girls that probably have been not overlooked but not given as much love as some of these other veteran players, I think it just adds to that power of fantasy that is. Yeah, that's exactly right, Sienna. You're a half. Again, I say it every week, one of the best young halves in rugby league. So the scouts out there, you know, just keep a close eye on this podcast. You'll do yourself yeah. a lot of favours. But let's dive into the Parramatta halves. Um, what Taylor Preston, a player who is very, very impressive. Um, we've, we've obviously spoke about Ash Quinlan. But the thing with Taylor is I think she... You know, my read on her is she is very, very composed and she brings a lot of stability to that football team. One of the things that really stood out to me watching the game with Parramatta is no one looked panic. I mean, it's easy when you're, when you you know, you get a, get a few early, early points, but that composure, the lack of nerves, I don't know. I, I think it's got a lot to do with this playmaker, this number seven, because she looks very, very composed in the role that she's got there. 
Yeah, I think at the start of the season, everyone just looked over Taylor Preston and she had such a great Harvey Norman season as well um, with the Tigers. And yeah, you're right, Dan. She does just look so composed all the time. Like she's got everything under control. And I was watching the game thinking, wow, she just ends up in the right place at the right time. But that doesn't happen by luck. Can happen maybe a few times, but it happens all the time with Taylor. So she's got a lot of thought to her game and her positioning is absolutely fantastic. As well as that, she's got a unique kicking style, but she's got a pretty good boot on her as well. And that comes in handy. And boy, did it come in handy. Yeah, she, she kind of tortures uh, players with their kicking game. I think we're going to call it out. I, I was a little bit disappointed in some of the, in some of the, um, just the semi final, the back lines under the high ball. I, I think it was something that really stood out to me. And I wonder whether that flows through to the grand final. I tell you what, you talk about coaches, they would not have missed that. So expect the halves to absolutely torment the back line of both of these teams to see, you know, there was a few players that were kind of avoiding taking catches. They weren't really well positioned. You know, at the end of the day, that could cost yourself a premiership. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, the high ball is going to be a big one. And, um, yeah, Preston, she's, um, yeah, again, got an awkward style, but absolutely torments the opposition. All right, team. They're here uh, because of this group, in my opinion. Uh, it is the forward pack of the Parramatta Reels. When they first came into the competition, Geordie, you know, we looked at this team and we said, you know, they're going to be a contender because of this group, you know, and obviously it's taken a little bit of time to sort of fill out the rest of the roster. But, you know, here's your chance to throw a little bit more love to the Parramatta forward pack because it's not just on their day. You know, this, this is one of the best forward packs in the competition. It sure is. I just... You can tell they're really hungry and I think that stands out in a lot of their character and they really do, they put the pressure on their opposites. They found those halves almost every single tackle. They were going two pass to two pass to keep trying to find those edges and they just, they wore the opposites down. It was um, it was all heart and all class and you could just tell how much they wanted it. They celebrated every forced error and they just got around each other. They were really um, driving the girls around the pack. You would See, you know, around the field. They are rock hard fit. I mean, watching Parramatta, you know, one of the things that really um, took my breath away was the pace in which the forwards were playing. Obviously, they've been dominant throughout the season, but this is a team that's clearly been training incredibly hard because, you know, again, little little things like the pace of the play the ball, their ability to kind of back up multiple efforts within the same set of six. I mean, this is pretty impressive from some big units. Uh, You know, obviously we're going to get to the Knights soon. They're going to need to be. But, um, again, throwing a little bit of love to the Parramatta Reels forward pack. Yeah, they were incredible. They were so fast and their urgency with everything they did was what won them that. They were on the front foot the whole time. Um, in particular, Kennedy Cherrington, she had a great game. She got absolutely whacked once and it looked like it hurt, but she got up and she kept going. So credit to her there. And I thought Christian Pio as well had such a good game. She seemed to be everywhere and poking her nose through the line all the time. And you got to give a shout out to the skipper, Saman Taufa. She's always so solid for para. So yeah. you've got to give her credit. I, I just, I, I don't know how to put into words. Her playing style, you know, she is one of the toughest to ever, um, you know, put on a jersey. And, um, you know, as soon as I saw her connection to the Parramatta Reels franchise, I thought, 
you know, this is a team that's going to have long-term success because they have an incredible leader there and someone that is just, you know, leads by example on the defensive side. I thought Selly Mylangi um, off the bench as well, absolutely tormented, uh, you know, the Roosters as well. This little bit of a one-two dummy half punch off the bench, it, it certainly creates problems when the team's under fatigue. But uh, you look, there you have it, the Parramatta Eels, the unlikely fairy tale story uh, as they head into their green final Look, they're going to have so much confidence coming into this one. Again, no one's going to give them a chance. They're going to be heavy underdogs coming into this clash. But, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get out. We'll save our prediction shortly as we move over to the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Geordie, as I've said a few times, uh, the Newcastle Knights, the greatest sporting franchise in the entire world. <laughs> uh, obviously, you, you probably you know got, got a few others up your sleeve as well with your love for your beloved North Sydney Bears. But it just feels good to be a Novocastrian, and it has been a very, 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 very long time um, in, 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 in saying that, but so proud um, of, of the group coming together. Let's talk about it off the top, Geordie, and we've touched on this last few weeks. They're stacked. I'm not going to get away from that. Their recruitment was unbelievable. This is an absolutely stacked football team. But one of the things that does impress me was their ability to kind of bring it together in year one. I mean, you know, it, 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 just because you, you bring the best players together doesn't necess- necessarily – mean they're going to go out and deliver. Talk to me a little bit about the Knights because, yeah, this, this has been an impressive first campaign from this new group. Oh, it has, and their ability to gel and put together consistent dominant performances this season has just been nothing short of amazing. So as Sienna touched on, whatever Ron's doing up in Newey is definitely working because those girls are putting on a show and they're playing to each other's strengths. Normally in a team like that where you've got so many girls with different talents and different parts of the game that they're best at you normally find a voice or two that's dominant and they fall into that style but somehow they're giving the best Amelia Boyle and the best of Caitlin Johnson and Tamika Upton still getting to do all her crazy freakish stuff that no one else in the game can match it's just um it's really exciting footy to watch yeah and just little things like their lead runners they're not running into each other you know they're not sort of getting in each other's way just that level of um you know fluidity to their game it, it is very very uh, impressive um Sienna just a couple of things uh, any team that loses Hannah Southwell for the season I mean that's enough to kind of pack up and go home I mean Hannah Southwell she's a generational talent on the defensive side an unbelievable player um, it's been a huge loss, but this that just goes to show, you know, the level of talent within this roster to kind of benefit from that. So talk a little bit about Hannah Southwell, and then I've got a few words to say about this fullback of ours. Yeah, I as soon as Hannah Southwell went down, I sort of like was like, oh, that's it, Knights are done, you know. She was such a, a guiding um, player for the Knights, and she brought them together, um, especially in that lock role. It's such a pivotal role, and her defense, obviously, I think, easy to say best in the game. She doesn't miss and her tackles are always aggressive and so efficient. So when Hannah was done, it I thought the Knights were done, but clearly they've proven us wrong and that recruiting has just shown to be so vast and had so much talent. It is it is very, very special. Geordie, Tamika Upton, the fullback. Now, if you walk down the street and you see Tamika Upton, you'd be forgiven to walk straight past her. You know, she is... Um, on the smaller side, you know, it doesn't exactly have the biggest frame. But Geordie, she is an absolute killer, you know, and, and it's just, it, it's incredible. And I think it does inspire the next generation of football players who may themselves think, you know, oh, I'm a little bit, you know, I don't quite have the size or, you know, whatever that might look like. 
Tamika is one of the best players in the game, and you saw that in the semi-final where she really broke the go- broke the game open with speed, agility, but also just that her understanding of what needed to happen in that moment. Tamika Upton, what a player! We um, Tamika is probably like a perfect advocate for a cross code swap. Tamika came from touch, and I was probably unlucky enough to play her quite a lot growing up, and she was always that silky on the field. And you'd look at her and you'd go, "Yep." I've got it. And she'd take two steps exactly. and you're like, I, that's, I don't, I don't have it. it. <laughs> it, it you, you sit there and you watch her and you're like, why didn't, you know, why, why are we not making tackles here? Like, yeah, so, so, so it was the same back in her touch days. Yeah. She's just, she's always been such a talent and like so exciting to watch because you expect something to happen and she'll just much like she did in that semi, just pull it out of the bag and step five girls and run and dive under the post. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sinner, obviously we're singing a lot of praises to teams, but again, bringing it back to our wingers, Takarangi uh, and Paki, um, incredible players. They've had a great season, but again, I'm going to throw them in. You know, I I really need need the wingers to kind of step up this week. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what you saw in the semifinals because, I mean, there were some incredible kicks that were very, very difficult, but... Um, yeah, there, there was quite a few players um, across the semifinals that had difficulty under the high ball. Uh, I think the Knights wingers will definitely be targeted in this one. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's just me, but any time a ball's kicked to a winger, I get worried. So um, hopefully for the Knights, um, they can um, finish that up and just really take those catches on the full. And I think that's something they'll be working on throughout the week. Just those silky finishes, um, really complete those sets. And that comes off the back of, taking the catch and not putting yourself in a position where you're on your line and then having to defend. And we know the Knights defense is classy, but you can't be doing it over and over again. So high balls are going to be really important for the Knights to be practicing. Stop letting the ball bounce. It's as as Phil Gills, it only, it only brings, uh, you know, misery uh, into your life. Uh, Do not let the ball bounce. That's for sure. Uh, Geordie, talk about the, uh, the Knights uh, centers Uh, undervalued. You know, they don't really get talking about enough, you know, Shanice Parker and Bobby Law, saw some big things from Parker, you know, obviously, um, you know, it was, um, you know, you know that that try was called back, obviously. But talk to me a little bit about the Knights' um, centres because you know they, they don't get all the raps of your Isabel Kellys, um, you know. But yeah, pretty, pretty pretty special players in their own right. Yeah, Shanice or Skucky, as she is to a lot of the girls in the footy world, she's um she's just so incredible to do what she's doing and performing. How well she is with all the sacrifices that she's had to make, and this year just coming back as a young mum as well, like her ability to bounce back and you know throw herself into this arena at the beginning of the year she'd actually told the Harvey Norman's girls that she was done she didn't think she'd play again it was too hard and to see the turnaround that she's had it's really inspiring and like in that semi she was all over them in defense she was channeling she took two intercepts um she's just a fantastic player and a really good role model for the game as well like she's a family woman she cares so much about her culture and um she's really aspiring to make a change off the field as well. I can't sing enough praises for Skucky. I think she's an incredible athlete and person. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, when you watch her, you're like, you know, there's an athlete, you know, and but what we don't see are the sacrifices behind the scenes to make those plays possible. Uh, again, just someone who's in the right place at the right time, has a really good sense of the game. You know, watching a lot of the Knights um, sort of goal line defense, you know, they – 
they really do have a mix, a good mix of sort of rushing up and sliding, and you could sort of see Parker. She's played a lot of football. She has a really good sense of it, and she does put a lot of pressure um, on the attack. So, uh, yeah, the Knights are pretty well set up there. All right, Sienna, uh, again, you know, I am uh, surrounded by North Sydney Bears. <laughs> Love here. Uh, let's throw a little bit to the Knights 5-8 Kira Dib. Um, you know, we've spoken a lot about Kira um, throughout the year in terms of her form and, and what she's sort of doing. Talk to me a little bit about your expectations of her coming into the GF. I cannot give enough praise to Kira. She's such a phenomenal player and an even more phenomenal person. Um, she just takes control of the game and it it just seems so effortless when you're around her. She's so calm in everything that she does and so confident in the decisions that she does make. Obviously, she's got a young half in Jessie with her and Jessie's got a lot of flair and is really creative and Kira can play well off the back of that. Um, obviously, we saw her take a nice try in the semis. Um, she's got a great dummy and a great little left foot step, but she brings so much more to a team just than what you see on the field. Um, her composure and her leadership is second to none. So what she's going to bring to the Knights in a, a high-pressure game like a final is just going to be amazing. Geordie, um, you know, Kira's still quite young, except Jesse Southwell is making everyone <laughs> seem ancient. But I probably get that Kira's been a little bit faster, you know, throughout her career. Maybe there's been some periods where she was a little bit quicker. But I love this version of Kira Dib. I love the control. To Sienna's point, I love the control. I love the measure. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some things I'd like to see the Knights sort of clean up. But, you know, the Newcastle Knights desperately needed Kira Dib. I know, I know Jessie's got, got a lot of praise, and we'll talk about her shortly. But, yeah, you know, t- talk to me a little bit about uh, Dib. Very, very important part of what the Knights are trying to do here. I think we're seeing Kira's best footy at the moment. And I think it's that complimentary pairing Sienna touched on between, you know, Jessie's like young flair and her want to run the footy and Kira's really measured in her decisions and Kira's kicking game and goal kicking at the moment is enough to win a game on its own. Like she's making those oppositions force errors and her goal kicking puts so much pressure on people to chase points because she has been, outstanding in that and I think a lot of her consistency this year has come off her ability to play the whole NRLW season in the half so there hasn't been as much chop and change as what there was earlier in the year and even with Harvey Norman she was jumping in and around quite a bit but my god she's um I think we're seeing some of Kira's best footy and I I, I really hope she gets that jersey for World Cup because I think she does deserve it. She's um, gone through a fair bit of adversity. You know, you're right. Like in terms of like team selection and being involved in in different systems, I was perplexed at the whole thing. I've been involved in rugby league for basically my entire life. I've watched a lot of Kira Dib and I just did not understand it. I'm like any football team that just puts their arms around Kira, develops her, keeps her in the system, they are going to get rewarded. And the Newcastle Knights have certainly done that. I want to see Kira Dib part of the Newcastle Knights system for many, many years to come. But with the expansion coming, she's going to be hot property because, um, you know, that level of composure, that level of experience at still a young age, uh, very, very impressed by Kiri Dib. Speaking of impressed, hey, let's talk about Jessie Southwell. Obviously, you know, we've tried to ease back a little bit, um, try not to put too much pressure on a 17-year-old. But, um, you know, Sienna, she's uh, obviously going out there and doing her thing. Look, the thing with Jessie watching her play is – She's one of very few players that I've seen. You know, we'll get to her age, you know, shortly. But just in terms of her play, every time she's got the football, it doesn't matter whether she's, you know, five metres out from her own try line or on the opposition's try line. She just looks like 
and feels like she can score. You know, talk to me a little bit about Jessie Southwell because she's just ruthless when it comes to attack. She's just she she's just addicted to scoring points. Yeah, and it's been like that for a long time, I can tell you. Um, I was fortunate enough to play with Jessie for a while and, yeah, she capitalises on any inch anyone gives her. And I think what really stood out to me, Dan, you're right, she looks like she can score points all the time. She threw a great inside ball to Tamika Upton and it was like there was nothing to it. It was just an inside ball, but just she's so classy in the way that she executes things and she just keeps the defence guessing because she's got so much scope to her game. You don't know if she's going to kick, dummy, chuck that amazing step she has or throw like a great pass. So I think just the unpredictability of Jessie Southwell is half the appeal there. Yeah, and she definitely keeps the trainers and Kira Dib busy because there's much, she, you know, that short ball that she's hitting uh, Romy on fifth tackle, she's done it a couple of weeks in a row now. It just... It just gives me so much anxiety. You know, there are moments where you're tired, you're, your forwards are rat shit, your forwards are tired. There was a lot of fatigue in that forward pack, I think. Hopefully in the grand final she's learned from that. And although she feels like she can score a try in a couple of moments, she does sort of kick in a touch and, you know, really sort of try and play finals football. But you hate to restrict her because she, she is pretty incredible. Um, you know, Geordie, probably the other thing that I've noticed is that, you know, teams are throwing a lot of traffic her way in defence, trying to wear her out, um, trying to get physical with her to try and, I guess, um, you know, take a little bit of a sting out of her attack. It's not really doing anything. I mean, I- defensively, she appears to be one of the best in the game. I think that's credit to a sevens background, to be honest. If you're in a full-time program and sevens is a full field, you're exposed, you've got to make tackles even when he gassed, otherwise the opposite team's scoring. I think good luck to people trying to wear her out. She's obviously got a huge engine and she wouldn't have the accolades that she already does if she doesn't. I think she thrives on these big game moments and she likes being the one to force an upset. So I think even the commentators, is this Hannah Southwell we're watching in defense? <laughs> I, I don't know, something in that family. It is, um, it is pretty, it's pretty incredible. All right, team. Obviously we spoke about how the Parramatta Reels got to the grand final. It was their forward pack. Sienna, it's exactly the same with the Newcastle Knights. You know, the Knights, they've got Flair, they've got Tamika, they've got Jesse. They do some incredible things in attack. But to do this in year one has really been off the back of their forward pack. There's some pretty big names that we're going to talk about here. Uh, I'm going to lead you up and you can you can talk a little bit about the Knights, the Knights forwards here. I would like to first of all start talking about Millie Boyle. <laughs> what a try in the semifinals. Paul Keeley Davis just absolutely got slammed and I was just in shock like that run was incredible and she just keeps going she is a non-stop engine and she's so firm and assertive in the way that she runs there's there's no questioning that Millie wants to score a try and if she puts her mind to it as we saw today she gets it and I'm gonna let Geordie talk about Caitlin Johnston because we know she's the number one fan so Geordie do you want to give us a, a little bit about Caitlin Johnston I'm actually obsessed I think this stat was something like ridiculous how many carries she had on her first 10 minutes on. Um, I'm going to have to check that and we'll mention it another time, but she is just unbelievable and she's so exciting to watch. She just, you can tell how much she loves being there and playing around the girl she's with and how much dirty work and how quick her play the balls are. She just wants to put her teammates in the best position possible. And she like thrives us doing that dirty work. Yeah, I do. 
love watching her. I agree. I, I didn't quite pick up her leg speed. It took me a little bit of – because you're so focused on her as a physical player. You know, she's so big, she's so strong for such a young player. But, you know, look, looking at her leg speed, the way that she drives through tackles, she – she gets sort of, you know, you know, around about 10 metres post-contact, which is just absolutely um, incredible. And there's a little bit of shit in her game. When she gets a little bit pissed off, when she gets a little bit angry, that's where we see the best of her in defence. She can actually attack with her defence. Yeah, that stop tackle she made on the line in the second half, I I could not even imagine being on the end of the receiving, like the receiving end of that. That was crazy. It's uh, it was it was something that's for sure. Sienna, let's talk about the hooker, the dummy half, uh, Olivia Higgins, a little bit of a local legend up my way. Um, you know, obviously there are quite a few dummy halves in the game that get get a lot of raps. Keely Davis, you know, is probably one of the best in the game. I tell you what, my friend Higgins, she's certainly building herself a CV, looking really really silky out of dummy half. She doesn't have any sort of Silly errors in her game, very composed, very consistent, um, works hard in defense. Talk to me about um, about Liv. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. I think she's just so um, calm and composed in the way she does things. She doesn't take little risks um, and make those little 1% of errors that can be so crucial that often hookers can make just after a long game and a lot of fatigue. So I think that's what's going for Olivia Higgins too. But she is creative. She's got a lot of flair. Um, and she's exciting to watch. Um, she sticks to her tackles too, which is just awesome. She's a real um, great asset to their defense. Um, as you said, yeah, she doesn't actually get a lot of credit. Not many people would really say, oh, Liv Higgins is one of the great hookers, but she's building something special and credit where credit's due. Um, she's contributed a lot to the Knights. And if she gets another premiership under her belt, that, uh, yeah, again, that CV continues to build. Uh, Geordie, let's talk a little bit about the second rowers. Um, Yasmin Clydesdale, hard to say whether this is, whether we've seen her in any better form at the moment. Um, she is absolutely devastating on the edge. Um, yeah, talk to me a little bit about Yaz, and then we can talk about the unique position that Romy's in, given this is a bit of a new position for her. Yeah, so Yaz is another one who's just so versatile in the way that she plays. Like Yaz grew up playing as a winger in touch. So she's got speed to burn. She makes good reads. She's like boisterous on the field. Um, And see her move into second row like uh, after the last 12 months has been pretty incredible, but her skills have just been amplified there. And it's um, she's playing really clean footy and doing a good job laying a platform for her halves to go crazy off the back of. So. I think it's a bit of a model moving forward. You know, you see some of these tall, athletic outside backs and over time when they just add that little bit more physicality to their game, you know, bringing them in slightly onto that edge, um, you know, it's causing a lot of problems. You know, these edge back rowers are absolutely tormenting, you know, little halves that might be in the defensive line, um, Clydesdale, certainly, and, and just... Her ability, again, to play fast, you know, that this is this is going to be, you know, a very interesting battle with Parramatta. Uh, Romy, Sienna, you know, Romy, she's, she's been there. She's done everything. Um, you know, we, we've sung her praises in terms of helping to build the Newcastle Knights franchise, you know, coming down, making all those sacrifices, casually playing fullback. And then, you know, just, you know, hey, let, let's, let, let, let's have a go at this second, this second row business. Um, yeah, talk to me about Romy. I mean, I mean, it's 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 difficult to kind of match it with Yaz, but you know, she's doing a very good job there. Given this is all new, yeah, she's great. I can't even imagine if we just suggested, oh, let's chuck Tamika Upton in the second row. So coming in from fullback is pretty insane, but she's got the build for it. 
Um, she's a big body, very physical, very strong, um, but very, very athletic. The lines that she runs are great. And her defense is so solid. Um, I think Romy's actually probably a better second rower than she is fullback. Not that she wasn't a good fullback, but she has so much to offer and she's such a strong runner. I think she'll be staying in that second row for a while. It's like fantasy football, you know. Hey, let's just, let's just <laughs> it does. Oh, where, where are we going to put Romy, you know? Oh, well, let's put her in second row. It's just unfair, but uh, you love to see it. Um, Geordie, talk to me a bit about the young uh, lock, uh, Kayla uh, Romanik. You know, she is obviously, you know, quite young, um, you know, <clears throat> filling a pretty big jersey there. We spoke about Hannah Southwell, but, yeah, she really, really held her own. Yeah, she doesn't look out of place, and she's making that jersey her own. Obviously, coming in attempting to play Hannah's style of game isn't isn't an easy task for anyone, but she's definitely making it her own and she is becoming a real workhorse and a really solid start for the Knights. I think she's been really showing a lot of promise in their roster and their depth as well. So Yeah, no, absolutely love that. And then just to round it off with the Newcastle's bench, Emma Manselman, you know, she's she always leads the tackle count. An incredible defender, always gets through the work. Taylor Predabon, you know, obviously, uh, yeah, has her moments and incredible enforcer and is enabling the Knights to continue with their momentum, uh, depending on their interchange situation. Kapani is exactly the same. And having Caitlin Moran, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there's been a little bit of talk about her in the media. You know, throw all, throw all that to the side. A very, very special player a very, very, you know, and, and, you, and you think about what the future holds for the women's game with expansion. A lot of these players that are playing limited minutes on the bench or, or sort of limited roles, I, I think we can see more and more of her. So, Caitlin Moran, I, I don't think we've seen, um, you know, the most out of her and, uh, you know, she might have a bit of a moment in the grand final as well. All right, team, uh, no sitting on the fence. It's time to offer up our predictions. The Parramatta Eels take on the greatest sporting franchise in the entire world in the Newcastle Knights. Sienna, your prediction first. Uh, I I just can't even imagine if Para get this one. It's just going to be insane. I wrote them off completely in the semifinals. I was like, there's no chance the Roosters are going down. I'm going to do it again. I'm still going to write <laughs> Para off again. Um, but I hope I hope they prove me wrong. Um, but, Dan, how could I go against your mighty Newcastle? I think they're going to get the job done. Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, grand final, an interesting matchup. I, I think one of the things with the Newcastle Knights is obviously their strength through the middle, but that's the strength of the Parramatta Reels. So don't expect an absolute domination by the Newcastle Knights because I really feel like Parramatta can kind of hang in there. So again, this, this game is going to be a lot closer than what we anticipate. And the Newcastle Knights, I think they just need to get a little bit better at their composure kicking the corners, grinding it out, and learning to play finals football. So, yeah, look, this one's going to be an interesting one. But, yeah, look, with Tamika Upton in the side, I, I just I can't go against my beloved Newcastle Knights. I think they win this one, and they win it in dramatic fashion. What about yourself, Geordie? Uh, look, I would love nothing more than for an upset. So just to be upset, you two, I'll go para. And I'll go para double. I reckon they'll win men's too. I re- um <laughs> I reckon there's a documentary on the way. Honestly, if the Parramatta Reels win the grand final, yeah, roll in roll in the Netflix uh, series because uh, that would be an incredible story. All right, team. Well, there we have it. There's our predictions of the grand final. But uh, before we sign off, let's uh, roll through at our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. 
All right, team, quick one. Uh, obviously, we spoke about it at the start. It is award season. Who wins player of the year? Sienna, going to start with you. There's so many that could be in the um, in the running for this one, and it's been such a great season, so many breakout players as well. But I'm going to have to go with Sammy Bremner. She's come back in fine form, and she's been absolutely amazing for the Roosters, so she's got my player of the year. I mean, good luck whoever's trying to pick the fullback role for Australia. It, it is going to – I mean, Sammy Bremner – she, I mean, any other year, she's there. She's she's absolutely incredible. Uh, Jordy, what about yourself? Who stands up? Um, who's going to win this one? I could rattle off a few, but I think with the way that Knights have had this turnaround and the flair and the attention that they've got at the moment, I'm going to go Jessie Southwell. I love that. Yeah, obviously, you know, age is no barrier. She's come in at 17 years of age. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, look for me, I'm going to go with Caitlin Johnston. Um, again, she has been, it's been a very, very special season. And I think, you know, the the players like Caitlin, you know, you just sort of expect them to go out and do what they do. Um, it's abnormal, it's special, and we haven't really seen it before. So I think Caitlin, uh, might get that one there. All right, team, there we go. We're signing off the women in league show season two. It is done and dusted. Just want to thank my amazing panel for what has been an incredible year of coverage of the Women in League. Um, you know, just want to thank everyone that's been involved behind the scenes, um, to all of our listeners and supporters. Uh, it really has been incredible. Uh, stick with us. We're going to have a short little break, and then we'll be back to cover the game that we love. You know, the game has grown so much um, over the last little while since we started off the podcast. And, yeah, we've enjoyed each and every week sitting down, breaking down the game and unveiling some incredible players. So, again, to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. Stick with us. Stick with Mojo Sports. Our In Focus show will continue to run as we sit down one-on-one with some of the best players in and around the game, multiple sports. Make sure you download and listen. Share with family and friends. Thank you for supporting Women in League show. Until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.